Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 27. How was your week? I hope it was good, Um, but if it wasn't, that's okay too. So today we're going to be talking about all things antidepressants, medication, and postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And I have to give a big fat disclaimer here. I am not a medical professional. One thing I absolutely adore about my audience is that you guys ask me so many good questions. And sometimes what I've noticed, and it's so flattering, is you'll ask me a lot of questions that I mean, I guess this is an assumption here, but I sometimes assume that you don't feel comfortable asking them of a medical provider, or you're not quite at that point yet, and you kind of want to ask another mom that knows some stuff versus a doctor already, you know? I think sometimes we're either in denial or we're really just not sure, and we're trying to figure out where we are in the whole postpartum depression thing. And it's not that you guys don't want to go to your doctor. I think that you do and you would, I think sometimes you're just trying to gather information before you do do that. So the context of this episode, this is not at all, at all, hear me clearly, please. This episode is not at all a substitute for a chat with your OBGYN about your mental health and your wellness. Okay. I just think that's so important you guys, because there's a very clear distinction between myself and a doctor and I could get in a lot of trouble claiming to have domain over your medical care and you need to take responsibility for your health. Don't put that on me or anyone else. That being said, I do understand your feelings when you are trying to figure out what the heck is going on and what you're experiencing. And you're trying to decide if talking to your doctor and possibly getting on a medication is a good fit for you. And I honor that question. And so today I'm not only going to answer that question, I'm going to also address a lot of questions that I've gotten. Uh, Like I said, I'm not a medical professional and I would love to revisit this topic sometime. And I have a couple friends that are OBGYNs and also life coaches through the life coach school with me. And I'd love to get one of them on here and just get more of a professional opinion on the podcast. So that'd be so fun, but this will be a great warm up and a start to any continuing journey that you possibly choose to take with either getting medication or seeking something besides medication, this can maybe help you in that decision-making process. So without further ado, the first question I want to answer is, do the drugs work? (laughs) 
If I get on medicine, is it going to help me? I wish I could tell you yes or no, but the truth is the pendulum swings quite wide on this one, just depending on the person and the medication. I know a beautiful, wonderful woman whose name is Christy Angevine. She is a certified life coach through the life coach school and also happens to be an OBGYN. And I reached out to her before recording this podcast episode and just asked her a couple of the questions that I wanted to talk about today. And one thing she mentioned that I thought was applicable to this particular question is the following. And this is obviously regarding the patients that she has seen with postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression, which she said were a lot, a lot of them. So she said, when it comes to getting on a medication, it's all individual and very much hinges on trying them and seeing what the impact is. That was not surprising to me at all because that's exactly what my doctor basically said to me. I mean, I can't make a direct quote, but I remember something to the tune of, let's just start with this one and we'll see how it goes. And if it helps, lovely. And if it doesn't, then I have another one in mind for you. And that was that. So I got on my medication. It was the generic of Prozac, which is fluoxetine. I started at a low dosage. I think it was 40 milligrams or maybe 20. I don't remember what the low dosage is. It doesn't matter. But anyway, and I was okay with the side effects. And eventually I started seeing positive results despite the side effects and the side effects weren't so crazy. And so it was a a win for me. So just like my friend Christy was just saying, um, the positives outweigh the negatives for most, but we can't speak individually. This is all on general terms. And then this is in no way medical advice here. So again, just to reframe in context, right? This episode is not to substitute you having a discussion about this with your doctor. And I know it's so tempting to just get your fill right here, but you have to remember that your doctor has seen a lot of cases in a medical setting. And so if you're going to ask a medical question, you want to ask a medical professional and medicine is a medical question. Okay. Now, if you're asking this question, cause you're really hoping to hear somebody tell you that you don't need to get on medication, just know you have a choice regardless, whether you're doctor says you should and recommends it, or he thinks, you know, shares an opinion with you or not. I just want you to know, ultimately it's your choice, which brings me to my next question. This next one might sound like a crazy one to some of you, but I don't, I don't think so because I think this is a very real question that I had. And I think most of you might share the same question, which is if I go in to talk to my doctor about all this, Am I going to have to get on medication? So again, I'm going to refer back to what my friend Christy, who is an OBGYN, stated about this. She said that no physician can ever force a plan of care on a patient. Ethically, a medication can be recommended, but patient autonomy requires the patient to decide for themselves what they want to do and if they opt to pick up or start any meds. So I think that's so nice to know. I know so many of us have uh, this mental picture of going into the office and 
I don't know, just the culture of the way we think about doctors for better or for worse. I think sometimes we think they can just make us do stuff or tell us what to do. And I just want you to know, coming from my friend who's an OB and also just in my personal experience as well, that it would be extremely rare and if not possibly unethical for a doctor to force medication. Now, if if your doctor just insisted and for some reason was completely uncomfortable continuing to serve you, you know, if you didn't take the medication, then you can always switch doctors, you know, too. So you always have rights and you always have the option to get a second or even third opinion. So yeah. All right. That brings me to the next question, which is, and again, maybe not all of you have thought of this, but I guarantee some of you have, which is if I go into my doctor's office and I tell him some of the thoughts that I've been having, are my babies going to be taken away from me? This is of course our worst fear ever. So I don't make the decision. And so I asked Dr. Angevine, the OBGYN friend that I have about this. And here's what she said. The bottom line answer to this question is that babies don't get taken away for depression or anxiety. Both postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety are common. It's one out of four for postpartum depression and one out of 10 women for postpartum anxiety. All right, that's the end of her remark. A lot of women are experiencing this stuff and it just seems like there are so many proactive approaches that people have access to, um, including you know, if they're really seriously needing help checking themselves in to the hospital, that um, it doesn't come to this very often. But ultimately, this is an individual thing. Right here, what I'm saying and what Christy, you know, Dr. Angevine, however we want to say that, is not medical advice by any means for you. You'd need to go talk to your OB about it specifically. But um, yeah, I think like worst case scenario, you're just going to need to go, and this is like worst case, this is like postpartum psychosis case or um, maybe something more, you know, intrusive thoughts and things like you could always just go be supervised at an inpatient, you know, psychiatric care setting such as the hospital. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. My goal here is to help you overcome any obstacles that will keep you from talking to your OB because I think that that would be a great thing to do regardless of whether you decide to get on meds or not, regardless of whether he or she recommends that you get on medication or not. 
it's a really worthwhile appointment. I actually made, you just call in, it's just called a postpartum checkup. Okay. So by the way, um, you can just request a postpartum checkup, whether you're due for one or not, whether you have one coming up in two weeks, but you can't wait that long or whether you are already all done with all of your postpartum checkups and now you're six months postpartum and you don't have any more scheduled and you have to schedule one. It doesn't matter. As a younger mom who's dealing with this for the very first time and it's more of a serious struggle that you're going through, this might be new for you, right? Making an appointment with a medical professional about a mental health concern. But I just want to reiterate, this is what the OBGYN specifically is there for. And this is normal for them. It might not be normal for you. It might seem big and scary and new, but for them, it's very run of the mill. I mean, the statistics are there. There's a lot of other moms going through this just because you don't hear them talking about it. Doesn't mean they're not there. And so you're in good company. Walk yourself into that office, start the conversation. And I guarantee you, one of your doctor's first comments is going to be something to the tune of reassuring you how normal this is, what you're going through and how many times he's helped women through this or she, I shouldn't assume your doctor's a heat. Sorry. All right. Next question. Will I still be myself when I'm on the meds or am I going to be some happy go lucky lady? (laughs) That's not like me. You know, am I going to be somewhat comparative to how I was before I got on the antidepressant or is it going to kind of change me and make me weird? Or will I be able to cry or feel normal emotions? People ask these sorts of questions. So I do want to take a moment right here and tell you that in the show notes, I have put a link to a YouTube video of mine that I actually made right after I went through the crux, you know, the main part of my first round of postpartum depression. I had a friend who asked me to create this video for an organization that she was affiliated with. And so I went ahead and did that. So you'll hear me say that in the intro of this video, but the whole video is about the decision to get on medication, my experience of getting on it. And really I go in depth about the two weeks after I took it, what I was feeling in my body and my brain and noticing in my behavior and then four weeks in and then six weeks in. And so I really go thoroughly through what it was like to get on fluoxetine or an antidepressant. And of course, this is all anecdotal, right? This is all just my experience. And I think something about hearing other people's experiences is really comforting and indulgent to that lower brain that doesn't like the unpredictable, that doesn't like the unknown. You just have to be careful, friends, that you don't replace the indulgence of listening to somebody else's story. Isn't it just so indulgent? It just feels so good. It's like it, it's like it like pets our fears. <laughs> it calms our fears or even just indulges them a little bit. But ultimately... The only place you really can responsibly indulge yourself with these, with these questions is your doctor's office. Okay. But besides what it says in the video, I will just tell you that I was very pleased with how it turned out for me. And this was the first medication I tried worked really well for me. And I'm grateful for that. I prayed really hard for that. I was so nervous about having to try a million ones and you know, the ups and downs and any reverse side effects. But, um, yeah, it, it basically made it so that I could still feel a normal range of emotions, but I didn't just go so low into that really depressive, fuzzy sadness. Scratch sadness. It's not sadness. When you're depressed, it's more like apathy and fuzziness, which is 
kind of the scariest part. I'd rather feel sadness than what I felt during my depression, which was just complete lack of caring about anything or feeling strongly about anything. I remember not even liking the idea of a dessert. (laughs) It's like, if ice cream can't get me excited, what is going on? (laughs) So yeah, that was not, not a favorite experience. I'll say. (laughs) All right. Another question is, will I have to take it forever? If I get on this antidepressant with my doctor right now, am I going to be dependent upon it? Am I going to need to take it forever? And I didn't actually ask my friend that's an OB about this one, but my educated response to this is that it is going to depend again on how the medication performs for you, how you feel on it. And also if you have another baby, for example, how that goes, um, how your health and your mental well-being is throughout. Um, if your baby takes a long time to sleep through the night, maybe you'll need to stay on it a little longer to help you out versus if you're able to finally get some good sleep and heal up, you know, who knows, maybe it can go away again. This is not medical advice. I'm not telling you what to do. Um, but the truth of it is it's so individual that you can't really know you, this is something you'll have to continually check in with your doctor about and really just consult yourself and your husband and really just notice your behaviors and be intuitive with and make that decision. I do want to tell you that ultimately, if you do decide to go off your medication, I'm guessing your doctor's going to want to know about that. Right. And it's probably one of those things where you're going to want to wean off of it slowly, just in case, you know, there are some negative things happening as you get off of it, you can go back up to the dosage that you were instead of going cold Turkey off of it and then having to start it all over again, getting it back in your system because it has that delayed effect. It's kind of nice to just carefully go off of it slowly. That is not what I did. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. And I had actually moved out of state from the original state where I was seeing the OB who had given me my prescription. And so I would have had to like go see a new doctor to talk to them about weaning off of it. I guess I could have called his office, but frankly, I just felt like I was ready. I just kind of knew that it was time. And this was after I'd found coaching for a while and I had done so much work on my models and my mind and my thinking and my thoughts, and I was feeling so legitimately differently. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm just feeling better because I got more sleep or I'm just feeling better today. It was consistent. I consistently was noticing I was more control in my emotions. I was consistently doing things that were more like myself, a lot like myself. I was planning out the day. I was planning fun activities with the kids. I was enjoying time with them. I still had hard times, but all of that to me was a sign that maybe I could start to go off my medication. Again, not saying that you need to do it the way I did it. I frankly probably wouldn't recommend it. I think a more safe and responsible route would be to talk with your doctor and make a plan and start to go off one by one, you know, bit by bit, one dosage down at a time, and then check in with your doctor um, throughout that process and make sure that you are liking the version of yourself that you're experiencing and that you don't need to go back on the medication. Okay. And then I want to take a break here between the questions and just talk about those of you who are so natural and healthy and just don't want to get on medication simply because you don't want 
that in your body, even though you're struggling and you really do want help. Um, I didn't really have the luxury of thinking that way in the setting that I was in. I was definitely suicidal. I was having some intrusive thoughts and this was where I was going to draw the line. And so I was going to get medication, you know, despite the way that I like to run my life and have healthy things, I was willing to put this into my body because I needed my brain to get right. But there are, and I'm not saying that if you think the way that I was just describing with not wanting to get on medication because you're ultra like clean and healthy and you just don't know what's in it and all that. I'm not saying that things aren't desperate for you. Um, and ultimately you can choose not to get on medication simply for those reasons. That's your prerogative for sure. Um, but I just wanted to kind of throw out there. Sometimes it can be so emotional, like this idea of getting on medication. I remember for me when I actually started taking it regularly. So for me, I, I took fluoxetine every morning and I had to really work at remembering in the beginning because it was a new habit, right? And I remember thinking, I'm only 26 or however old I was. And I'm like, and I'm already on medication every day. And it was, I made it mean things like that I wasn't as healthy as I could be, that I was dependent on something, that this was the beginning of the chapter of my life where I needed to be on medication all the time. It made me feel like I was getting older. It was just like this big milestone in my brain. And it doesn't have to be like that. <laughs> that added a lot of like sadness and poor me and self-pity. Granted, I was like depressed, so that makes sense, I guess. But I just want you to know that it could just be, hey, this is me getting help right now. This is what it looks like. It's a temporary solution, very likely for me. And this is how I take care of my child and myself right now. This is what it looks like, right? So it's just so interesting that your experience of medication before, during, and after the whole entire process is going to be what you make it through your thoughts, what you're thinking about it. I wanted to also share a quick word on increasing dosage. Um, I did have the question I posted on my Instagram stories. If you don't follow me on Instagram, by the way, I'm just at Lizzie Langston, L-I-Z-Z-I-E-L-A-N-G-S-T-O-N. So I'm there most days. Uh, hanging out, answering questions, or just sharing the good stuff. And I had to put a question thing in my stories, like, hey, what are your questions about medication and postpartum anxiety and depression? And somebody did ask, how do you know when it's time to change your dosage and like bump up your dosage? And so I just wanted to share that I've had two experiences with that. One is I bumped it up and it was helpful. Another time I bumped it up just before I delivered my third baby. So this is, um, I'd already had my first round of postpartum depression after baby number two, I got on antidepressants and then my doctor and I together decided to up the dosage a little bit before I had baby number three. And I was, I was still on antidepressants at that time. So I was on, I guess, total, I was on antidepressants from about March, 2016 all the way until about March, 2018. So that was about two years. And that is about the time that I found coaching, like I said, and things started to settle at that point. Getting back to the question of when do you know when to up your dosage? What I was saying is that it did help me when I upped it postpartum after baby number two, like kind of fresh postpartum, but later, you know, a year and a half later, when I was getting ready to have baby number three, 
we upped it again. And after I had my third baby, a couple, two, three months in, I went right back into postpartum depression, despite being on the highest dosage that I could be on of that medication with my doctor. Now I could have tried other medications possibly, but at that point I'd already tried, you know, a PhD in behavioral studies who focused on postpartum and I'd seen her and she was very friendly and gave me some nice supplements and helped me, you know, implement some self-care stuff, but I was still thinking very poorly. I was thinking in a way that brought me so much negativity that the highest dosage of antidepressants wasn't doing anything for me. So to answer this question of when is it time to up the dosage, when do you know when you should do that? Frankly, I'm going to leave that up to you and your doctor. I mean, the obvious response is when you don't feel good, And if medicine has worked before, then logically you'd be like, okay, I'll just up the dosage. But it might not do what you think it's going to do. And it might, right? Like the, it's a case by case basis. So I can't exactly tell you, you can try it and see. But what I do want to say is that if you're playing with the idea of upping the dosage, you might want to step back and look at some other tools in the tool belt, right? Like medicine is one of some other things that we can do. And I do want to just put in a little plug here and a shout out to coaching because like I was just saying, no amount of serotonin can completely compensate for the poor thinking patterns that are keeping you down in negativity. Now, we really don't know the connection between the chemicals in your brain, like for example, serotonin and the, the thoughts that you're thinking, like we don't know how much influence the chemistry in your brain has on the exact sentences that you think to yourself. Okay. We know that the antidepressants, the SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, they basically make it possible for your brain to have more serotonin, but you got to remember you can have too much serotonin. And so your doctor with these drugs, the SSRIs, the antidepressants can only take you so far truly. So by all means, like I, I would say definitely consider trying medication. Like it's up to you. This is not medical advice. Um, it's an option, but it is not the end all be all. It unfortunately isn't the magical, you know, you swallow the pill, you feel better, which is so lovely to think that that could be true, but it's just not in this case. And frankly, with medicine, it's not that way in many cases. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But again, just reiterating the tool belt thing, like depression, if you look at the cause of it, if you just Google that on the internet, you're basically going to find that there are so many different ways depression can start. And especially postpartum depression, it can have a lot to do with hormones and all these things. And so the reason I advocate for coaching as a legitimate solution to try out is that no matter what stage you're catching yourself in, whether you're in the middle of full-blown depression or you're kind of getting there with some postpartum anxiety or you're pregnant and you're struggling mentally already and it's more of a perinatal type of thing, coaching sets you up for life with really good thinking patterns. It creates essentially resilience in your ability to manage your emotions in the long term whether you're depressed or not. And so I don't know if I'm going to have any more babies. So I can't tell you, you know, like I haven't had a baby since becoming a coach and seeing the difference in my depressiveness, you know, or the likelihood or the development of depression with my coaching tools. I would kind of love to be able to tell you that, but I can just say that I think so differently now. I run my mind kind of like a business almost. Like I, I have boundaries. I have a relationship with my thoughts before. My thoughts don't just happen on their own. I don't just, they don't just get to do their own thing. I have a relationship there and it's a healthy, healthier relationship than there ever has been. And the fact that I can have thoughts about my thoughts and I know what my thoughts about my thoughts are. And I have built this awareness of my observer in my mind is priceless in my battle against depression. It's what took me out of depression. And I'm sure it's built so much resilience for any future. I haven't had any mental health stuff since finding coaching, but I also haven't had a baby since then. All right. So to wrap things up, nothing that I've said here is a substitute for you booking an appointment with your OB. And if you're scared to do that, might I also suggest this is something that I did. I invited a friend. No, it was my sister-in-law. So sweet. My sister-in-law, actually, I think she offered to come with me. And I think she even drove me to my OB appointment, the one that I booked for a postpartum checkup. And the, the lady did ask me, what's it for? And I said, postpartum depression. I didn't know what else to say. And frankly, that's what the truth was. So that's what I said. And, um, and so I brought a friend you know, a trusted someone. And so you could possibly do that if it's going to help you. Just remember, you don't have to do this alone. Definitely consider getting a sitter for if you have older kids and maybe just bring the nursing baby with you. Um, you know, or if it's possible to maybe leave some pumped milk and get to your doctor without the baby so you can be really fully present. I know one of the reasons that my sister-in-law offered and that I really wanted her to come, we both agreed it would probably be good, is that I kind of had a hard time making a full conversation in a good free-flowing manner. I would get mental blocks and 
kind of lose focus on what I was saying, or I'd have to ask people to repeat themselves. And I think we were concerned that, I think she was concerned that I wouldn't be able to fully articulate everything, like the extent of what I was experiencing. Um, I think I was concerned that I could possibly downplay things. Although frankly, I was mostly just like in my brain. I wasn't having a lot of meta thoughts about stuff like that. I was just like there. I think this was more her looking out for me and, and wanting to make sure that the doctor got a very realistic picture of what was going on for me. My lack of appetite, I had lost weight. I didn't think anything sounded very fun or exciting. I would just lay on the couch and space out or watch hours and hours of Downton Abbey and just do the bare minimum with the kids. Um, you know, all the things that we do to make it through. So I hope if nothing else, this episode has lessened the amount of shame that you feel or embarrassment about what you're experiencing. Um, and I think if you knew how normal this is, right? My friend, Dr. Christy Angevine said that she's seen a lot of this, like, you don't realize you guys, how many women, like one in four and one in whatever the other statistic was, right? That's a lot of women. There's a lot of sets of 10 women (laughs) uh, who are experiencing postpartum depression and or anxiety right now alongside of you. And I am one of them. I'm so happy that you and I have found each other, that we've connected here If you are hungry for just kind of connecting with more women who have experienced, you know, mood disorders and just struggles postpartum, you might want to check out the Emily effect.org. So it's the T H E Emily effect E F F E C T.org. This is a story I heard about when I was in my first round of postpartum depression and really grasping to feel or know of any other women that had been going through what I'd gone through. And it was so therapeutic for me to both share my story on this website and also hear the stories of many of them, mostly anonymous, but some of them with at least their first names. And a lot of them had a picture um, of their stories of postpartum struggles. So it's the Emily And if you're wondering who Emily is, I'll let you read about who she was and kind of what happened with her and why Emily Effect is a thing. But basically, they're wanting to broaden and open up the conversation publicly about postpartum mood disorders to provide more support for women who are experiencing them so that less of us, fewer of us feel like we are the only ones. And I think when it comes to depression, that isolation on top of the depression itself can be such heaviness. And so I think that's one of the beautiful and most valuable parts about me and what I do in my business with not just coaching, but honestly, my social media presence and this podcast is there is a huge need for postpartum moms who are struggling to feel normalized a little bit and to feel validated and to feel understood and to feel like they know how to get help. And frankly, this is my personal opinion. I don't think that the job that is done in America in our health system is very awesome. And I'm definitely not the first to say that. And I don't dwell on that. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that, but I only say that to say that because our health is our responsibility, if 
you perceive that your doctor and what he presents as resources to you is just not enough, right? And if you try the psychiatrist he sends you to, if you try the medication and it's just not enough, come talk to me. Let's talk. Let's see if you're a good fit for coaching. And if you are not, I won't take you on. Like I don't want somebody who's not a good fit and I can help you figure out what would be a better one for you. But I am all for supporting postpartum moms. I love you guys. Feel a little bit of emotion. I love you and I love this work and I want to sanctify your struggles if I can. I want to create purpose from the pain and that is my purpose. So we will talk to you next week. Take care of you. Take care of that baby. Just remember though, you cannot take care of others from an empty cup. So take care of yourself first and go Talk to your OBGYN about medication if it's on your mind. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Take care. Hey, Lizzie here. If you've been struggling and you're ready for more help, I want to invite you to book a consult with me. I offer free hour-long consults where we go over what's not working, your vision for the future of your motherhood, and how I would help you given my tools and expertise. To schedule your free consult, visit my booking page at go dot oncehub.com forward slash Lizzie Langston. I fully believe that you can get to where you want to go. I'll see you on the console. time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.